Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. Too late, Ben. Your face is all over YouTube now. No! I don't care. I'm just, I'm just messing with this thing. His face Hello, is- world! porn sites and whatnot, so what's YouTube? You can't prove that! <laughs> Actually, there's no good answer to that question, because if I said I could prove it, then it means I've been watching <laughs> there you go. porn. Cigar Tipsters, Episode 9, Junior, Senior, Kirk, and Ben, all the ragtag crew is here, and let's get right down to business. Cuban cigars are not technically illegal in the United States anymore. The Nearly, or actually over half century old embargo is slowly being loosened and travelers can now bring back $100 worth of alcohol and or tobacco from Cuba. Senior, thoughts on that? Well, it's about time. I mean, really, if you think about it, Kennedy, uh, you know, right before signing the embargo, had his name go out by him of 1,200 cigars. Then he says, okay, nobody else can have but now they've uh, kind of loosened the, the reins a little bit. Still got to spend the uh, money to make the trip to Cuba to bring back $100 worth of cigars, but it is uh, the first steps in getting them on the, the U.S. shelves. But I still feel like that uh, most people, after they get them, they'll try them. They're still going to go back to their, their old favorites. Uh, what do you other guys think? How long do you think it'll be before we can just order it online and have it shipped to the house? You can do that now if you're crafty. There's a there's a number of websites out there that actually guarantee Cuban cigars at your door. If you don't receive your product because of customs, they, they will give you your money back. And I don't know the websites, and if I did, I probably wouldn't share them. But um, there are a lot of people who do that and have been doing it for years successfully. Overall, I would say less than a year. I would imagine they'll be on U.S. shelves in some form or fashion. Yeah, I I think as long as you're careful, because I think Cuban cigars are probably the most counterfeit cigars ever. Um, So as long as you can verify they really are Cubans and not fakes, I think that just comes with being a a smart one. Yeah, a few years ago, we went down to... Cosmel on a you step off of a ship and they're right there uh, you know five Cuban cigars 20 bucks <laughs> yeah. but, and the bands don't even look right you know it's don't obviously even backwards <laughs> that doesn't make any sense yeah so you know one thing you know a lot of people are, are wanting to say that uh Cuban cigars aren't all that. Um, you know, that a lot of the talent left the country with the embargo, and it's such an impoverished country, how could they possibly take care of their fields and grow good tobacco, blah, blah, blah. And there might be some truth to that. I'm not saying there's not. But let's face it, Cuba is like the birthplace of modern cigars. Uh, it is in their blood. It is in their culture. And when that embargo lifts and they can open the trade with, U.S. Keeping in mind, they've been doing it with Europe all along. Um, when they when those floodgates open and they can start shipping cigars here, 
we might see a dip in quality, but it's going to come back and it's going to be great and it's going to be great for the uh, cigar community in the U.S. Uh, I think I think you're going to see the amount of cigar smokers uh, increase dramatically, at least for a few months after the embargo is lifted. People who have never smoked a cigar before might even go and light up just to celebrate something or to try it. Um, so I'm actually really excited for days to come. Yeah, yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see. And the other big story since the last time we did this podcast is Cigar Aficionado has released their top twenty-five for twenty thirteen. Yes. And the number one cigar was the Oliva Series V Milano. Uh, Several of the top ten cigars I have smoked in the past. The number five, the Rocky Patel Royale. Uh, good cigar. Of course, the Fuente Opus X at six. The Padron 64 at number seven. And number nine, the Monte Cristo Monte. I actually just smoked that one this past week. Uh, what experience have you guys had with some of the top ten for 2014? I'm, I'm all over it, man. Uh... I, I'm going to tell a quick. You know, I could talk about a lot of the cigars, but I'm going to point out. Uh, I'm going to point out three that I'm kind of excited about. And a year ago, if you'd have asked me if they'd be in the top 25, I probably would have said yes. So I want to talk about the Rocky Patel Royale, which um, debuted in the 2013 IPCPR. That year, Rocky Patel came out with like eight different cigars, um, and the Royale was the only one I added to my shop because. That thing is bomb, and I'm so happy to see it in the number five spot. Um, now I'm going to jump all the way down to number 16, which is the Alec Bradley uh, Mundial. I don't know how you say it. But that one I'm actually really proud of. Uh, Alan Rubin and his team. Uh, you know, it's a family-run business. Alan's a great guy. Um, and he runs, a, he runs a tight ship, and they worked really hard on that cigar. I think it was five years in the making. Uh, so I was really excited to see that. And last one, the one I want to touch on, was number 18, the San Cristobal Revelation. That's another one that debuted in the 2013 IPCPR. And, I mean, I smoked that thing for the first time in Las Vegas. fell in love with it immediately, bought it as soon as I possibly could, pushed it as much as I could in the shop. And I, I really don't know if anyone ever smoked that cigar and said, no, it's carpet. Everybody liked it. Everybody bought more of it. And I think Mark and Mark, you guys can testify to that. Uh Absolutely. That is one of my favorite cigars, the San Cristobal Revelation, and uh, superb construction. I've gotten some incredible ash on a few of those, actually. And to go back to the number five, the Rocky Patel Royale, for just a second, if you want to hear a lot more about that cigar, go all the way back to episode number two of this podcast, and you'll hear myself and Kirk actually smoking that during the podcast. Throwback. Yeah, it was the podcast uh, y'all left me out of. <laughs> yeah. We timed it just right so you weren't available. Yeah, I still hadn't forgot that. Hey, you know which one I was surprised to see in the top 25? And maybe you guys have had a different experience. But the, uh, the number 13, it's the Teamo Revolution. Uh, Teamo's been around for a long time never has showed up in a cigar aficionado, um, not even like with a decent review. Um, and all this, and this is a cigar I've smoked before, 
And honestly, I hated it so much that I started giving it away for free. So I had some extra ones sitting around the shop. Um, it's a yard cigar, man. I mean, you light that thing on fire, it's like you're lighting paper. Uh, lackluster flavor, nothing memorable. I mean, I really, I really actually disliked that. So I was surprised to see it at number 13. Looking at it, I, I've never tried it, but based on what you just said, I don't think I have a desire to try it. You know, it could be, who knows, maybe I got the, the cheapy uh, sample cigars or something, uh, and I hate to completely write it off, but my experience was so poor, I really don't see myself ever buying one. Hmm. Mm -hmm. What about, has anyone had the, uh, the Diamond Crown Julius Caesar? I actually have. It is incredibly expensive, but it is very good. Uh, I don't know if you, Ben, have had the opportunity to try it. No, I, I've heard reviews from people that have had it, and most of them have said that it's actually pretty good. Uh, so I was just trying to, you know, gauge whether it's uh, it's worth the price. I'm looking at the price; it's eleven and a half. Uh, but I mean, if it really is that good, then you know, uh, that's going to probably lead to one of our topics later on in the show. As far I as uh, I've I've one, had the. Uh... I've had the Julius Caesar a few times. It is a great cigar, Ben. It's one of those cigars, any time of day, it's smokable because it's not overly strong. Um, it's really good. A lot of people want it. Okay. Now, what about the uh, number nine there, that Monte Cristo Monte? Have you tried that one, Ben? Uh, no. No, I haven't. I'm, I'm making it a point uh, in the next month or so to go and either find these cigars and smoke them for myself, but that's that's one that I, de I definitely want to try just based on what the reviews I've seen and the makeup on it. It looks, it looks worthwhile. Yeah, yeah the reason I asked uh, Junior and I got it in, you know, the gift bag or whatever from Cigar uh, Tweet Up up there in Chattanooga, so I didn't yeah. know if we got it up there. Excellent cigar, but again, it's one of these that, uh, or at least the size that was in the bag was like a 6 by 60 uh, Flavor-wise, was excellent. Uh, construction, very good. Just the size turns me off. If we could get something in, say, a 50 or 54 ring gauge, uh, be right there. You talking about the the Monte uh, Monte Cristo? Right. right. It comes in a. It, it is 54, isn't it? Ah, uh, the one that was in the. The gift bag was like a six by sixty. Now, I don't know if this one specifically made the top twenty-five and a smaller ring gauge. Okay. Uh, we'll see if I can find that. Right. And while he's looking that up, I uh, I want to draw attention to number twenty-one. One of my personal favorites, the Davidoff Nicaragua. I uh, absolutely love that cigar, even if it is overpriced. Yeah, yeah, I'd say one that, that I was, uh, that last year's number three, if I remember correctly, uh, and I'm with you there, uh, Junior. That's a, a fantastic cigar, and I was happy to see it in the top 25 again. I like it when uh, cigars make multiple appearances because I think it really speaks to the quality of the cigar. And I believe uh, the Liga Provado was somewhere around number 20, the number, number nine. And I had that one just a few nights ago, and I was. I mean, I was astonished. It's a wonderful, wonderful smoke. Uh, it did not disappoint. 
uh, the one that I had. And I, I the only, I, I mean, I feel that this probably could have rated higher, definitely higher than the than the Teambo <laughs> that we discussed earlier. Um, I, I think this is a dynamite smoke. Uh, it's complex. It's rich. It, it burns well. You know, uh, price point is higher, but I mean, you know, it, it kind of carries its own weight. You know, the uh, the number twenty four, the Nat, <coughs> excuse me, Nat Sherman Timeless. I have had that one. I, I can't say is it knocked my socks off. I really am struggling to remember what I thought about it. So it kind of surprises me that it showed up at so that, that one, Junior. Uh, that one was last year's number eleven or ten. Um, and that's really known for just, I mean, a, a punchy in the face kind of spice. Uh, that you know, some people really enjoy that, like power and that flavor. Um, other people don't. It, uh, I think it was about 50-50 when I introduced it to people. Some people liked it, some people didn't. It really depends on how much spice you enjoy. Um, there's one more that I'd be remiss if I didn't mention because I have a, a serious soft spot for these guys. But number two, the uh, the EP Carrillo. Um, you know, we've spoke about them in previous podcasts. Uh, EP Carrillo, maybe one of the biggest names in cigars, uh, founder of La Gloria Cubana. Um, he really just does a great job, and I'm, I'm really happy to see. And uh, I think I think it speaks a lot that he got the number two spot. Yeah, he's uh, he's really let his hair down, pun intended, and uh, <laughs> and just let he just let himself the creativity just kind of flow. And this is this is what you know from his creativity that comes out. It's it really is good. I'd agree with you there. Yeah, the uh, you know here's something that might be worth a minute or two to discuss. Uh, you know, there's a lot of haters out there when it comes to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25. Uh, you know, they say it's influenced solely by money and that you can't get the Top 25 unless you're a huge, you know, unless you're buying two-page ads. Um, you know, I'll give my two cents, and then I'd like to hear you guys, but whether that's true or not, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure the Top 25 is influenced a little bit um, by money. But here's, here's my other thought, is that some of the most talented cigar smokers in the world are reviewing these cigars. Um, and, you know, where I don't always agree with the number one cigar of the year, saying, oh, yeah, this is surely the best cigar of the year, I normally agree with the top 25 in general. I feel like the vast majority of cigars that land there belong there. Um, so whether it's influenced by money or not, I don't care. I like it. I like trying them, and I think they're normally right. What do you guys think? I I don't think you're ever going to see something like a quorum somewhere in the top 25. You're not going to see... I'm trying to think of something shitty, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, a Gurkha. Yeah, a Gurkha. <laughs> you're never going to see a Swisher Sweet in the uh, in the top 25, unless you count that Liga Pravada number 9. But... Uh, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, burn. I, I think... To some extent, kind of like what Kirk said, I think money probably plays somewhat of an influence in there somewhere, but for the most part, the cigars I've had that are on this list are worthy of being on that list. Well, I want to back up there. You said some of the most talented smokers in the world. I've yet to see an article published by any one of the four of us, and we should be on that list. Someday, someday, okay? We're working towards that. <laughs> and Ben, as much as this pains me, you, you were correct. That Monte Cristo is 6 and 8 by 54. 
So you're saying that the that the one you got, Mark, was a, a 54 ring gauge? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was bigger than that, but uh, I, I guess Bill was right. There's a there's a dick joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going there. <laughs> I'll get back to being a career. <laughs> Hey senior, your uh, your mic is getting a little bit weird. It might have to do with uh, Junior's uh, mic picking up your voice too. Yeah, we were kind of afraid of that. There you go. Now it's better. Yeah, I'm trying to mute and unmute as much as possible. Right on. So, what? Uh, any any final thoughts on the uh, the top 25? Been dropped off. I'm not sure what happened. We we've lost Benjamin temporarily. That's okay. He'll be back. Yeah, we I, can I, I will on. say I I was not surprised at all, nor am I ever surprised when an Opus or a Padrone makes the top twenty-five. I mean, talk about some of the most consistent, most delicious cigars available. Uh, I don't know. I I really I, I struggle with the fact that people look at this list and say that it's not accurate or that it doesn't represent good cigars. Um, I don't know. I, I'm always pleased with the top 25. Yeah, the Padron, I mean, I can't recall really ever having a bad Padron, especially not the, the 64 that made the top 25 this year. That everything they do is just uber quality. You're not going to get a shitty cigar from those people, bottom line. Agreed. Well, even the Padron 2000, it's uh, you know, $5, $6 cigar is still consistently very good. That's one of my favorite parts, Mark, about Padron, is that you know, you want to introduce someone to a good Nicaraguan Puro with you know, medium to full flavor, medium to full body, um, and they don't want to spend 20 bucks, you, give, you, you can give them a $5 cigar, or even a $4.25 cigar, and, and they're going to be really pleased, and it's, I don't know, that's, that's just a great asset as a shop owner. Uh, when you can hand someone a cheap cigar that they really enjoy. Well, and that gets them trying them. And then, you know, even somebody new to smoking, they'll come in. They're not going to spend 15 16 bucks on a, a Drone 64, an Opus, or which Opus is up around 20 But, you know, they'll look to pick up one of those. At a, and if it's, you know, it's going to be a good recommendation from the shop owner, and that's going to start to build that relationship with them. So they'll continue to, you know, come back and patronize your shop. Exactly. Exactly. Was that man coming back there? Yeah, yeah. sorry about that. Uh, phone shut down. I had to put it back on charger. I apologize. No uh, Before we move on, you got any It's on the top 25 there? Uh, not really. I mean, I know we discussed a minute ago, you know, how much they're influenced by the money. You know, I mean, like they smoke them blind. I mean, I mean, there might be some bias, but you know, it is subjective. You know, you can go to you can go to five different cigar reviewers, and they're all going to have a different top twenty-five and what they think. I mean, honestly, it comes down to you need to smoke them, and you need to decide personally. And I'm I'm just happy that they at least gave me this selection, which gives me a goal. Okay, I've got these ten. I got to try and, and see for myself how I really like them. You know, I think they make the cut or not. Right. <laughs> gives me something to do. <laughs> That's fine. I'm all for it. And while we're on the subject of uh, Cigar Aficionado, they have also released a 
app called Where to Smoke for both iOS and Android. It's finally out of beta. But basically, this app uses the GPS in your phone and shows you cigar bars, shops with lounges, restaurants, patios, rooftops. Basically, just shows you anywhere that is smoke-friendly near where you are. And personally, I think this app is absolutely great. I've tried it myself. It works really well. Uh, the creators behind this app have vetted these places to make sure that they are legit, that you can smoke there. And it's just a great tool for people on the road or people in a new city that just want to find a place to smoke or find a place to get some good cigars. So you've actually used it, and, and it's it's actually a good format. It actually works. Yes, I've tried it. Uh, I've tried the Android version of the app because I'm on that platform, but it's... Uh, Let's see. Within, I believe it's 50 miles of me, it picked up all, I believe it's five of the available shops. There's four in Huntsville, one in Gadsden, and it picked up all those places. Now, in this area, there's no restaurants or rooftops or anything crazy like that, but yeah. it did find all the, the shops. Does it give any additional information, Mark? Does it have like user reviews of the shops or anything like that? Uh, from what I saw, and I didn't dig terribly deep into it, but it gives you kind of the address, the phone number, just the basic information. Uh, let me see about user reviews. I don't see anything about user reviews itself, but you can if, say, your favorite place that you like is not on the app, you can suggest them to add it. There is that function. I do remember seeing that. I, I just, only used it once for about five on, minutes. I just downloaded it on my phone here, um, and I'm gonna put this thing to work because I've been struggling after I, after my move back to the frozen tundra. I've been struggling to find a, a new cigar at home. So uh, I'm, I'm really glad that uh, Cigar Aficionado uh, did this for us, and I'm really happy that it's a free app. Yeah, that's gonna be so. That's gonna be handy. You might even find a place that you didn't think about, or you know. That's local. It's worth, it's worth a try. Let, let them do the work for you. Where to smoke. Yeah, so be sure, whether you're on iOS or Android, to get out there and pick up that app. Uh, another interesting story that I ran across, also from Cigar Aficionado, and I've actually said that right three times tonight, which is nothing short of a miracle. <laughs> uh, but Davidoff is getting ready to release a new cigar that is going to retail for 5 $100. Is that right? The Davidoff Aura Blanco. It has, to quote the article, shattered all records for a new production cigar, and it will be the most expensive non-flavored cigar on the market, Cuban or otherwise. Uh, I can be honest, I'm never going to try it because I don't have $500, but if Davidoff, if you're listening to this and you'd like to send me one, uh, just... Uh, Email me and I'll send you my address. Now, are they making that claim? Are they uh, ruling out the Gurkha or putting it in as a flavored cigar because it's dipped in King Henry whoever's uh, cognac? Yeah, they're counting that as flavored because it's cognac infused. Uh, okay, so that's where they they get around that. But I mean, I don't see. You know, maybe the ultra-rich out there that just have ungodly amounts of disposable income, 
are going to drop $5,000 on a box of 10 cigars. Uh, on a box of 10. So we're, we're talking five grand on a box of uh, 10 cigars. When everything is said and done, it's tobacco. Yeah. I mean, how is that going to, you know, how do you justify that kind of money? I, you don't. Um, I think it just becomes a, you know, it's a way of just saying that, you know, just someone to prove that they have their income to show off to their friends at their country club, you know, this cigar is $500, but it's still a leaf. It may be a delicious leaf. It could be a select leaf from a certain country. That could be, that's fine. Um, you know, if I were to ask, that's just saying, that's just proving that you have money to blow like that. Uh, you know, uh, I don't see it being rolled or being five hundred dollars. It just, I don't, it just can't. <laughs> you know. And, okay. Uh, Interesting you, fact from the article: If you, all in December's edition of the magazine, all the Churchills and Coronas that were rated twenty-four cigars in all. Those twenty-four would cost you three ninety-eight fifty-seven. So that's a hundred dollars less than this one single Davidoff. Yeah. Well, can, you, can you imagine the buyer's remorse if you bought that cigar and did not enjoy it? I'm pretty <laughs> sure I would cry. Yeah, five hundred bucks. You just lit it on fire. I mean, dang. I think I'd feel that way even if I enjoyed it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Each puff is like 50 bucks. You know, it's just, wow, that's an, ex that's an expensive puff. Um, but, you know, Davidoff has this, you know, this pawn shop for being the ultra-luxury and having their humidors lacquered by, you know, uh, special, by right Monsignors and Bishops. Who knows? They, they, they have this ultra-luxury version. Um, and, and, you know, with all that, even with all their hyper-luxury, it, it still hasn't made the top 25. You know, you would think that with that kind of certain quality and care, it would be the creme de la creme of cigar. And I've had a Davidoff. It is, you know, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, but I think there comes a point of diminishing return. Uh, yeah, like no. you said, if they want to give me a box of Davidoffs, I won't turn it down. Yeah. Uh, but for that $500 smoke, that's I think that's just – that's something you see at an auction, you know. This was one of the cigars that went to the Churchill – bought or something, you know, I mean, something that you auction for. I wouldn't just spend it just for a new one. It's a collector's item. You know, something I was thinking about is, uh, you know, in Cigar Aficionado magazine, they have the Connoisseur's Corner, Yeah. which are five cigars that they grab from their their boxes of cigars that are range back to the 1960s. They have, they have cigars there that are pre-embargo Cuban cigars, aged to perfection. Now... If someone said, I have a 1960 Cuban cigar that has been perfectly maintained, I might see that as a $500 opportunity. Um, just because you know that you, it, it's not like you can make more 1960 Cuban cigars. You know, there's there's a limited supply in the world, and once they're gone, they're forever gone. I don't right, and plus it's been humidified and maintained for that long. That's time you can't go yeah. back and buy, you know, so... Right. I mean, but yeah, something like that is just a special occasion. But to have a brand new cigar for five hundred—that's a—I don't know. Uh, yeah, Ben. Ben, I think you hit it on the head early on when you said something like, "This is a cigar that rich people hand to their friends and say, here, here's five hundred dollars, light it on fire.'" Um, yeah. 
You know, maybe if I was in Congress or something, I'd do that, but I'm not, so I, I don't know. I've never, right. I've never had that kind of disposable income for a cigar to, to really, you know, understand, but I, I Well, with the mention of the pre-embargo cigars, as we talked a little earlier about Kennedy uh, stockpiling 1,200 of those. Yes. Being that he was assassinated not long after that, you think any of those still exist? Um, well, there was a, I don't know, because I watched a, uh, I saw on TV this guy was selling one of the desktop humidors that JFK had. Unfortunately, there were no cigars in it, but he sold the original desktop humidor that, that he had. I don't think those cigars are around anymore. Yeah, my, my guess would be uh, that over the years, different presidents and cabinet members and special people have probably smoked them, but boy, that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what was his was it was it Cohibas the, the ones that he that he ordered? Is that what they were? I think so. Actually, I, I think his his order to his his guy was something like buy me as many Cuban cigars as you can. So it might be multiple brands. That's yeah, true. I think it had to be because he came back the next day with twelve hundred. Yep. He sent him after a thousand, then he came back with twelve hundred. Yeah. He just so said, whatever you can right before I sign this embargo. I, I just, yeah. I just smile. I just smile when I hear that story because I mean, I'm just thinking of 1,200 of any cigar. I would, I would just be like a, a little kid on Christmas, man. If somebody brought me 1,200 cigars. Yeah. And I, yeah. I give a little shout out to the guys at 262 Cigars. That's one of their commercials. I stole it from them. I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> They'll find out sooner or later. Yeah, you know, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do all the research on my own. I stole it from them. Well, hey, we'll, we'll do a little shout-out to 262. I mean... Clint the group up there. Yeah, that's a good good, good bunch of guys. We just got to get uh, Clint to stop wearing those leather pants everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and to keep the theme of luxury cigars going, the final story we're going to talk about tonight deals with quote-unquote luxury cigars. Now, the ones in this article, the starting point is $10 and above. Some people may not consider $10 and above luxury, but some of these get up as high as $50. But these are the cigars that, according to this person, they would smoke every day if they could. Uh, the first one on that list is the Oliva Milano Torpedo. Uh, this is the Series B Milano, the same one that is number one on this art. <coughs> on the Cigar Aficionado Top 25, although it is a different size. Uh, another option there was the Padron 26 Maduro Number no. Two, which is wonderful, although expensive. And the also mentioned earlier in the show, and also on the top 25, the Liga Pravada Number no. Nine. Uh, let's see what else is on here. The La Aurora Preferidos Connecticut. Now I. I'd have a hard time paying a lot of money for a Connecticut. There, there are a handful of Connecticut's I like that, but I just I don't know. That's a lot of money for a Connecticut. Which one are you looking at again? The it was the last link I sent you. The yeah 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 uh, on the list. Oh, the La Aurora is that the one you're talking about? Let's see. The Preferidos. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. Yeah, that very last one, that Connecticut. Yeah, La Aurora. But we can talk about any of them, or all of them, whichever one you guys want to talk about. 
Well, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of funny to me is, uh, you know, he sets uh, premium cigars or expensive cigars at ten bucks. In uh, in Minnesota, you can't buy a cigar for less than ten bucks because of the damn taxes. Yeah. I kind of, in my head, I kind of agree with his price point of ten dollars. Not that it's necessarily that expensive, but when I hit ten dollars and above, that's when I start expecting more from a stick than just the average stuff I smoke. Yeah, what, what, I agree with that. Was uh, I believe the Ashton uh, VSG was on that list, right? Uh, yeah, the Sorcerer. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, I, I thought it was just the original Ashton VSG, which is, which is a, a an over ten dollar cigar that is just, I mean, it, that's another cigar that you know, as a former cigar shop owner, um, if someone came in and was willing to spend ten dollars or more, I knew. I just knew they were going to like it. I don't know if I've ever met someone who did not like an Ashton VSG. Um, you know, Mark, about this this list here, um, you know, I, w- I would say there's, I-, I bet between the four of us, we could probably list another 20 cigars that cost more than $10 that are worth every penny. Um, and I'd like to throw one out that you guys might, might disagree on just on the name alone. But it's the Gurkha Cellar Reserve or the Cellar Reserve Limitada. Both of those are over ten dollars, and they're both amazing. Any, uh, any, come on, bring, bring the magic. Let's see what, what you guys got. I will actually agree with you on the ah, Limitada. That's right. Not on just the Cellar Reserve, but the Limitada is probably the best cigar Gurkha's putting out right now, in my opinion. That's the Maduro version of the Cellar Reserve. For those who don't know. Right. Right. I. I... I'll second that. Those those are both good sticks, and I'm. It pains me greatly to say that. That Gurkha is a good stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gur- you know, uh, I, I will I will not jump to Gurkha's defense often. Um, I do think they have a few cigars. If you guys remember when the Gurkha Ghost first came out, and that's not that's a that's a six dollar cigar, but they they did that one right, and the the cellar reserve is right on the heels, and that was another great one. So maybe who knows? Maybe Gurkha is turning over a new leaf of not being a, an internet mediocre cigar. Who knows? Well, it could be worse. They could be owned by Swisher Sweet. Oh my God! <laughs> wow! You just cursed, my friend. <laughs> you just cursed on live 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 in the air. Wow. And I was just fixing to mention the Liga Provada number nine, and he goes there. <laughs> My apologies yeah. to Drew Estate. I, I still love you. <laughs> Despite you being a sellout. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Seriously, I apologize because they're going to take me off their fucking list of getting free cigars. I apologize. <laughs> but I mean it this time. All right, all right, hey. So, so One thing I take offense there from the cigar snobs, it says who wouldn't be caught dead with a, a $7 cigar. Oh, I'm sorry, but there is a tremendous amount of $7 cigars out there that are outstanding. Who said they wouldn't be caught with a $7 smoke? Uh, that's part of the article there. It says, uh, you know, people that are smoking these luxury cigars, the cigar snobs who uh, will only smoke the expensive stuff because they with a $7 cigar. Oh. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, because the majority of smokes that I have are 
usually around under 10, and they're pretty darn good for what uh, they are, for the price, you know. Um, I agree. I like to say, have you guys ever tried the La Polina Black Label? Yes, love it. Good stuff. Yeah, La, La Polina. La Polina is another brand that I just really enjoy. Um, the uh, the Kill Bill, I think, was on the 2013 or 2012 Top 25. And that one is what opened my eyes up to La Polina. But they've got a great Maduro. Oh, my gosh. La Polina Maduro. Yeah. Fantastic. It is very good. And it's not like 15 bucks. I mean, it's in that 10, maybe 10 to 11 range. So it's not too far-fetched, but it's very good. Yeah. And I didn't know this about La Polina. I was, when I went to my, uh, the Smokies shop. And he told me apparently that it's an older brand. It's been started around early 1900s by a guy named Sam. Uh, and that that's the same guy that's responsible for the CBS Broadcasting Company. Yep, yep. It was actually the guy who owns it now, his name escapes me, is the son of the dude who started CBS Broadcasting. So he just got this unlimited fortune to just do what he wanted, and this is, and he's going back to reviving that old brand. I thought that's a pretty cool story. Absolutely. It's senior, you're causing some feedback. Or you're sending Morse code. I can't tell. But senior, you're causing you're causing uh, some feedback or something. If you could mute your mic, maybe. Um, but Ben, no, you're absolutely right. La Polina, it, and coincidentally, the uh, the owner of La Polina looks like the uh, that uh, most what's his name, the most something man of the world, most, most interesting, interesting man, of the world. man in the world. Yes, he looks exactly like that guy. He's got the beard and everything. Oh my god, dude! Google it. I, I swear, man, you will think you're looking at the most interesting man in the world. It's great. Yeah. So you know. I'm oh my going god, over... you're right. <laughs> oh my way. He looks just like him. <laughs> I know. It's it's insane. And he's a really cool dude, actually. I sat down with the with this guy at the IPCPR in Las Vegas, and um. You know, keep in mind there's 5,000 people there walking around, and he sat down with me, a nobody, and we talked about cigars, and we talked about his inheriting the company from his dad and, and all that stuff. Uh, you got his name right there, Ben? I, I, I feel bad. I forget his name. Uh, let me see him. William C. Paley. Yeah, Bill, Bill Paley is what they call him. So, Bill. Um, Down-to-earth guy. I mean, even though he dresses like a million bucks and he's got that, like, million-dollar look to him, he's a yeah. cool dude. Super cool dude. He's humble about it, and that I think that's because he looks like a blast to hang out with. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, In Bill fact, Hale, even, That's it. It is a it is IPCPR booth. Um, he had a bunch of like hundred year old radios and broadcasting equipment and stuff like that. There, kind of tying it back to his dad, and um, I don't know. I mean, I think. Uh, Getting a, getting a little bit off topic here, but one thing that is, I think, really important to the cigar smoker is with these big names and these cigar brands that we love and appreciate is that the, the guy who makes them, he needs to be humble. He needs to be a man's man, uh, someone that you can talk to and that doesn't look down on you and someone you could hang out with. And, you know, I, I think Bill uh, does a great job of that. And... You know, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I like Alex Bradley so much. Um, Alan Rubin is the owner of Alex Bradley, and he's just a really humble dude. Uh, 
trying to do right by his kids and everything. And I don't know, you got to you got to take your hat off for guys like that. Or uh, you know, Arturo Fuente and stuff like. That. I mean, they they they're the face, the owners of the company, but that humble attitude, I think, is part of the reason why they thrive. You know, um, they don't think they're better than everyone else. They just try to do a, a good job and focus on their work and make a good product, and it shows. You know, um, and they're they're very easygoing people, and they all have a similar mentality of, you know, when they when they go to smoke in a, in a shop, you can be surrounded by doctors, lawyers. Electricians, you know, there's a vast, and they have to they have to keep that the humility about them, um, and I respect people who do that. Absolutely, Bill Paisley, if, if you're listening, we love you, man. Love your work. Gotcha. All right, guys, uh, good talks tonight. I think we covered a lot of stuff. Uh, anybody got any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Well, we never did actually. Uh... Like what we're smoking tonight. I thought I thought that I was doing a fantastic idea. <laughs> well, how about uh, senior? Why don't you tell us about what you're smoking over there? Uh, in fact, uh, an old favorite, as we talked about earlier, uh, Brazilian oh, Maduro, Nicaraguan uh, binder and filler, and it, it's one of those cigars that I really enjoy. But I don't smoke near as often as I'd like because there's just so many choices on the shelf today. How about you, Senior? You're gonna, you're not gonna believe this. This is completely random, but I am smoking a Cao Brasilia as well. Hey, great minds think alike, man. Wow, what are the odds of that? Yeah, seriously. I mean, <laughs> I have, I have probably 30 different cigars in my humidor, and this is the one that called to me tonight. And uh, I, I think Senior, Senior hit it. It's a uh, it is a good cigar. It's not overly priced. I think eight bucks, maybe seven bucks for a Busto. Really good Maduro. And uh, of all the CAO that I enjoy, this might be one of my favorites. Uh, definitely. And I'll give honorable mention to the Italia. I'm a fan of that one as well. Okay, okay. Stop right there, Junior. You have to defend that because to me, the Italia tastes a little bit like. Uh, like a dinosaur fart when it runs through your grandma's dentures. Wow. That is, uh, that, that is a vivid imagery. You should write a children's book. Oh, my God. I, I really don't know what to say to that. <laughs> so yeah. so you like the Italia. Is that what you're trying to say here, that you enjoy it as a smoke? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, well, I thought, Mark, or Junior, I thought you were going to say a CAO Americana, uh, or American, whatever it's called. Uh, that's American. Another, that's another good one. The, uh, yeah. the Italia, it's a fatter cigar. The Italian doesn't do it for me. I don't know why. The the America is a good one, too, and it is a barber pole, which I have a particular affinity for, but I, I will stick with my original assertion that I do enjoy the Italia, uh, even if it does taste like a T-Rex farting through your grandmother's dentures or whatever the hell you said. <laughs> Uh, and on that note, I, I think I think we can sign off on that one because I don't think we're going to top that. No, I'm not. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk, anything? No, man. Love being here with you guys. Uh, great time, all. Senior, anything? Yeah, same here. Yeah. Sounds good. Everybody, have a 
good morning, afternoon, night, whenever the hell you might be listening to this, and we'll see you at episode 10. Fantastic. Fantastic.